Hello, 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 and welcome to Spiritpreneur School, where spirited entrepreneurs connect. Today is an exciting episode because we actually have an authorpreneur who is on the line with us. We have this incredible author that I was privileged to feature on my blog recently. Her name is Michelle Coutino, and she is known as Miss Big Body. Now, I'm a New Yorker, so I'm I'm used to us each having, you know, we may each have a weird name here and there, but that is an empowering and dope name as we said first here in New York. And so I'm going to, let's bring Michelle on the line and we're going to find out why she's known as Big Body. Hello, Michelle. Hey, Aviola. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for being here on Spiritpreneur School. I'm so happy to be here and just like so super excited. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. And so Michelle, you are a motivational speaker. You're a radio mm-hmm. host. You are a columnist. You're an author. You are an executive producer. And you're a plus-size blogger who is known as the queen of plus-size fiction. That yeah. is what your official bio says. You tell me in your words, who is uh, Miss Big Body? Hmm. Well, Miss Big Body is all that and more. Yes. <laughs> I'm a mom, a sister. I'm a nurturer. I am just one who feels that, you know, your size is not defining. And I grew up always being either on the skinnier side of fat or on the fatter side of skinny. I never really really quite fit in. I was always like a big body chick. I just never knew where I fit in. So I just made my own niche. And, you know, as I got older, I just realized that, you know, I can't please everybody. You know, I'm going to be who I am, how I am. I love to eat. I'm a foodie. So I'm, I'm always going to eat. I'm not really that great to exercise. You know, exercise is not my thing. <laughs> we won't even say anything about exercise. You know, so I just learned to appreciate my form. I know what to put on to complement it. I know what not to put on that wouldn't look good, you know. And I'm just happy about who I am, and I just love myself. And I just have this confidence about me, and I just want other people who are like me, who are not, you know, the normal size 2, size 4, size 6, even size 10, you know, to embrace their curves as well and just love who you are. You know, everybody can't be that perfect model figure. Everybody can't be that perfect person that you see on the front of L or Glamour. You know, some of us have, you know, rounded shapes. <laughs> some of us don't have the long flowing hair. Some of us, you know, have buck teeth. It, it all depends on who you are, but just me as a big person, I just decided that before someone else can call me fat, or, you know, big or plump or whatever the case may be, I'm going to embrace who I am and just love who I am. And that's where the name Big Body came from because I am a big body female and I love it. And I love those who look like me, male or female. And, you know, I just want us to get that confidence back and just realize that it's not what you look like that defines you. It's who you are inside. And as a big body person, I just want to empower women to say, listen, this is me as you see me outside, but hear me roar from the inside. Yes, 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 yes. Actually, Hear Me Roar is the name of um, (laughs) the membership uh, group that I'm building at the site, hearmeroar.club. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yes, and so I obviously we have a lot just in terms of like being aligned. We're not just 
New Yorkers mm-hmm. together, but we're women together who believe that, you know, I, I know that your personal mission is to embrace, enlighten, and empower women. And Definitely. you also have, Michelle, a similar motto to mine. You say sometimes you have to be your own hero, and I say that all the time. Mm-hmm. How did you come to that? Can you tell us about maybe a time where you didn't have this confidence and this self-love that you had and how you were able to come to that while you were making yeah. <laughs> yes, I can. Um, I can't remember. I think I was in my teens. And I also have an older sister. Me and her are, like, the best of friends and very, very close. And we've been close since birth, you might as well say. And, you know, her name is Paulette. And it's like, whenever you see Michelle, Paulette's always there. If you see Paulette, Michelle's always there. So we were always known as Paulette and Michelle. Not two different people, <laughs> just Paulette and Michelle. That's, that's how you said our name. <laughs> I love it. I love okay. it. So my sister was heavy set as well, and she was much bigger than me. And, you know, growing up, I just got tired of everybody, like, teasing her, teasing her, teasing her. And then I felt uncomfortable in my skin as well. And, you know, after a while, I was like, you know, what am I feeling uncomfortable for? I have a great personality. You know, people come to me, and they love who I am, and they love being around me, and I have, a you know, a boatload of friends. Why am I feeling bad about the way I look? Because I'm not as thin as, you know, my my best friends are. You know, they're happy to be who they are. Why can't I be happy to be who I am? So, you know, at, at a younger age, I was like, you know what, the hell with this. <laughs> and I'm going to be happy with me, and that's what I did. And then when I seen, like, my sister going through everything she was going through, it just, like, made me say, you know what, stop it. You know, you have to be confident. People don't know that you're, you know, self-conscious about your looks. People don't know that you're self-conscious about the way, you know, you feel. People only know what you show them or what you tell them. So why are you showing and telling them this, this, you know, discomfort? Show them something different. Walk into a room like you own it. Walk into the room confident, you know, like as if I'm glad to be here and this is what I look like and, you know, love it or leave it alone. And so I was just trying to tell her, you know, like you have to be more confident when you go out there. And I told her, you know, I'm not always at my best. I'm always like self-conscious or feeling certain types of ways certain times, you know, and this is back in my teen years. And I was like, but I never let anybody, you know, see me sweat. <laughs> I never let anybody see me sweat. They may think that I have it all together on the outside and the inside, you know, I'm sweating bullets, but that's just it. You have to show something different. And, you know, I talked to her, and she took on that same thing. And, like, ever since then, me and her have just been these two big-body females who are just, like, invincible, and we just don't let the outside world's opinion get to us because at the end of the day, we are big bones, and we will never be a size four or size two, or size six. It's just impossible for our body type. So, you know, since we can't be that, what we are and who we are, we're going to love that, and we're going to, you know, express that. So that's how that came to be. And just being young and just, you know, people are cruel, and I just got tired of people being cruel, and I figured, you know, I'm not going to let you tell me who I am. I'm going to show you who I am. I love it. I love it. And your power just shines through. I think that everybody <laughs> who is listening to this right now can attest to the fact, you know, um, that they are listening to a powerful woman. Like you just have this incredible energy. Let's talk Thanks. about your, you're welcome. Let's talk about your journey as an author, Michelle. Mm-hmm that you, as I said, are an authorpreneur. You have events, one of them called the Big Girl Panties Show. We're going to get into that mm-hmm. a little bit. I love it. When did you decide that you wanted to be a writer, and what was your journey uh, in regards to you being an author? Um, I first 
uh, started out writing screenplays, really. People didn't know that, but I started out writing movies. I didn't even start writing out, writing novels. And, you know, I just was always going to movies. I love movies, you know, and that's just been my thing. So I was like, you know what, I could write one of these. And I sat down and I have about 10 to 12 screenplays at home, you know, collecting dust. But, (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, that's where my love came from. And so from there, um, I actually had one of my screenplays option with Flavor Unit Films. That's Queen Latifah's company. It didn't go through the way we wanted it to go through, but it was optioned three different times. And that screenplay actually is my ebook series, Me and Mrs. Jones. And so what I did is I just, you know, translated the screenplay into ebook form and made it a series. So it's a three part series. And so that's where the book came from. And as far as the novel writing came from, I remember when I first read the Coldest Winter Ever by Sister Soldier. <laughs> yes. And then I read Waiting to Excel by Terry McMillan. And those two books took me over the edge. <laughs> I said, you know what? I can write like this, and I can do the same things with these same type, you know, of characters or feelings or emotions. And just the way that they express themselves in the books, it just took me all the way out. And I just started writing novels. So my first novel was Love and Happiness, which was actually written about 10 years ago, but it was just recently released. And all I did was just, like, update, you know, some of the things. Because before it was like a handset, a home phone. Now I had to put in a cell phone, and, you know, now everybody texts and et cetera, et cetera. So I just had to modernize it, but the story itself is so – it just spans time. So it's like it's, it's not dated. It definitely is not dated because it's still relevant now. So I just released it as a, as a book as well. So that's my first novel, Love and Happiness. And me and Mrs. Jones is actually the adaptation of my screenplay, which is optional flavor unit film. Ah, okay. So we're going to talk about how you did that in a little bit because I'm very much a big part of Spiritpreneur School is that I want our incredible guests to tell, you know, our viewers, our listeners exactly how they did what they did. and. Okay. The exciting thing is that, you know, you and I know we had a last-minute technology uh, (laughs) snafus happen, and we're on audio, which is allowing me to test the audio format for the show. But the cool thing is I see that we have listeners in the queue who are from Atlanta, from Washington, D.C., from Connecticut, from New York City, um, from Texas. So I want to invite you guys who usually you're able to text us your questions Uh, Today, I want to try something different. If you want to ask us a question by voice, if you have a question for Michelle on how she is doing what she is doing or any aspect of her realm as the queen of, you know, plus size fiction, you can raise your hand by pressing star two if you are listening on the phone. Um, If you are listening online, I know there's a little Q&A box that is on your uh, playback page. And so you can just type your question in that box and I'll see it. But you can press star two if you want to, if you're listening live and you want to address Michelle by phone. So, Michelle, I have something in common with you in that I started out by directing short films, a series of short films and writing screenplays. Which I also have, you know, boxes and uh, old discs that you can't even <laughs> use anymore. And <laughs> so, I can imagine. And so the exciting thing is that 
in this world that we live in today, the realization that we can do things ourselves that, you know, my first novel was published, Dare was published by Simon & Schuster quite a few years ago. And I just mm. made a decision just this past weekend. Um, I was like, you know, not next year, but the year after, I was like, I'm going to produce it as a film. So nice. are you, I know that you are an executive producer and you're a multimedia woman, are you going to be producing perhaps some of your books um, and your projects on your own? Within the next five years, that is definitely <laughs> one of my goals yes. to do one of my screenplays because um, I actually wrote two low-budget screenplays, so I'm looking to try to to yeah to make those into um, movies. And so hopefully, you know, with the grace of God, (laughs) I can make this happen. But I do have a five-year term on it, so. Okay, okay. I'm giving myself some time to get it together. Wonderful. Well, you have a question actually coming in. And this question is from Atlanta, Georgia. So hello, Ms. Atlanta, Georgia, uh, 404. You are on the line. Hello. Hi there. Hello. Hi. Hi, Aviola. This is Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Welcome. I'm good. I'm good. I wanted to ask her, how does she deal with rejection? Um, you know, being, okay, being an artist, writing, you know, giving out creativity, sharing yourself, exposing yourself. How do you deal with rejection? Because... That's something I'm experiencing now, being a starting uh, entrepreneur, uh, pouring out my life, and I feel a certain type of way when I mm-hmm. when I share myself and what I do with other people. Like, I, it's like I feel the tension, I feel the hatred against my own mm-hmm. <laughs> race. So I, I just wanted some advice. Mm. Well, well, Stephanie, first, before Michelle answers, I just want to just say, you know, I just want to just give you props for having the courage to even call in and ask that. That already shows that you have the guts and you have what it takes in order to be able to make your big dreams come true. And that, you know, there. this is a big question because everybody deals with rejection, and it's good that you asked it, and great that Michelle is going to answer it, because I'm sure a lot of people on the line will benefit from that. So, thank you. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Take it away, Michelle. You're welcome. Well, Stephanie, thanks for calling in, first of of all. And as far as the rejection, take the emotion out of it. You know, we know that this is personal to us, but when you're doing this writing and you're, you're doing books or whatever the case may be, this now is a business. It has nothing to do with you personally. This is now a business. Just like you go into a store and you'll see a blouse that you don't like, and then you'll see one that you do like, it's all about personal choices. So the person who designed the blouse that you don't like, they probably feel the exact same way that you do because their blouse is not selling and the other one is. You know, it's just all about personal choices. So when you go out into the world and you start giving these rejection letters, et cetera, et cetera, it's that, you know, some things are not for everybody. So you have to take the emotion out of it. And like they say, business is not personal. And in this business, you cannot make it personal because if you do, you'll give up on yourself. And you'll feel like as if you're inadequate and you're inept and you're not. You know, if you've done it, number one, congratulations for doing it. Many people don't. Many people talk about it. You actually did it. 
So keep it up. You know, 10 rejections may lead to one yes. Even if it's 100 rejections. I went through a million and one rejections before I got my one yes. But I kept going. You know, you just can't let anybody dampen your spirits. You have to just keep at it. And like I said, take the emotion out of it. If you get that rejection, say, hey, too bad for you. You missed out on the good thing. Next. Yes. Well said, Michelle. Well said. And there is rejection at every stage of things. That there are people when Michelle, you know, has her books in the bookstore that go and look and say, I don't want this one. (laughs) There are people that, you know, when they saw, they got the invitation for this call, maybe said, well, oh, Abby Olison and something again. Here she goes. I don't want to, you know. (laughs) But you miss out on the people who are interested in what you have to offer if you focus on those that don't want it. Focus on the ones who want it, and they they will grow. Is that helpful for you, Stephanie? Absolutely. Okay, okay, awesome. So anybody else who wants to ask Michelle a question, again, the way that you do that, you can press star 2 to raise your hand. So, so Michelle, to ask Michelle a question, excuse me. Mm-hmm. So, Michelle, if I have a question, I want to hear mm-hmm. about the My Big Girl Panties show. Let me read what your mission <laughs> is. I love it. The My Big Girl Panties show mission is to embrace, enlighten, and empower the plus-size population. Hosted by Michelle Big Body Coutinho and Stephanie Big Sexy Adkins, the show promises not to discriminate but to educate and motivate. Okay, tell yes. us all about that. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love okay. it. Well, my co-host, unfortunately, she was um, diagnosed with an illness. And so, you know, due to her new health state, she's no longer with me. So I've decided to take it on and carry it on by myself. <laughs> so the My Big Girl Panty Show is actually just my baby. It's a show that's going to help women. You know, like I said, my emphasis is always on the plus-size women because that's who I feel need the most nurturing, the most caring, the most I love you, the most you're beautiful because, you know, other smaller women get that every day, sometimes, in some instances. I'm not going to say that for everybody, but, you know, I just feel like as if the bigger women don't. <laughs> so, those are my babies. Those are the ones that I nurture, you know. So my message is for really for everyone, but I just emphasize plus size all the time with everything I do because that's who I am. And so this show is actually going to just speak about a lot of different issues. So we've had, you know, dealing with dysfunction as far as dysfunction in families, drugs, eating disorders. You know, we'll have another show coming up, Empowerment from Within. We'll be talking about later this year in October, um, domestic violence for, you know, domestic violence month, as I'm also a survivor of it. And I have another woman who's actually uh, started an organization called Love Shouldn't Hurt who's going to be on speaking with us as well. And, you know, I just wanted to get a lot of different topics like what's your self-worth, um, you know, just different things to make women feel better about themselves and look deeply into themselves and, you know, just get a better understanding of who they are, who they want to be, and how to become that or how to just be that or how to just live happy, you know. So that's that's what the My Big Girl Panty Show is. It's just a show that's here to at the end of it all, make you happy and make you feel better about yourself or give you the will to change what you feel needs to be changed. Excellent. Excellent. So, Michelle, you are also an indie author. You have your own imprint that you created, Mm -hmm. Big Body Publishing. 
if somebody is listening to this and they want to publish their own books and start their own publishing company, can you tell us what that process involves and step-by-step what they should do, how they should go about it? Yes. I'm from New York, so there's different laws for different states. But in New York, um, it's best to incorporate. You want to be a corporation when you release a book. You don't want to have anything happen where somebody's saying it's plagiarism or any other issues or problems and they come and try to sue because they'll be suing you and they'll be suing you for all of your personal problems, all of your belongings and every single thing that you worked hard for, you know. So you want to separate yourself and your business and become a business entity because, like I said again, when you're writing books, it's not personal. It's a business. So you have to start a business. And the best thing to do is to be a corporation. That way you can separate yourself tax-wise and liability-wise. But once you have that set, um, you need an ISBN number, which you can get from Bowker, and that's B-O-W-K-E-R.com. Um, you need to get someone to do your cover, or some people do their covers themselves. You know, um, you look for, if you're printing, then you're looking for a publishing house. You know, there are some cheap printers out there. I found that the cheapest way to do it and the most professional looking is to go through CreateSpace. And it's just a program online that you can upload, and it's through Amazon as well. And you can upload your books, and you can either print them or you can send them straight to ebook. And you can also go through um, Milk Press. And same thing, you not for the printing, but for the ebooks. And these come up on Barnes and Noble for Milk Press and for CreateSpace. It goes through for Amazon. So again, it's CreateSpace.com, and then it's MilkPress.com. And those two are just like the, the best ways. And if there's any other questions that you have, you can always feel free to email me. And my email is Michelle at BigBodyPublishing.com, and I'll be happy to answer any other questions. Excellent. Now, do you plan in the future to publish other authors? Like if there's someone else who, because what I love is that, of course, your heroines are these beautiful big body women. So if somebody else is listening and, you know, he or she also caters to this same beautiful and exclusive audience, would would you be interested in publishing other authors? Yes, I'll be looking to um, start branching out in that in a couple of years, in about two to three years, because we have just a couple of other projects that we want to release, and I want to be able to, when I'm ready to bring other people on, put all of my attention on them and take it off of me so much, you know. So right now I'm just trying to build the empire and what the empire is built. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'll bring in others. But, you know, for now, no. But within the next two, three years, yes, we definitely are. And just the, the one stipulation is that there has to be plus-size characters in your book and not plus-size characters in a bad, you know, in a bad way. I want them to be showed positively within the book, and I want them to be a lead character. So that's just my major stipulation. Excellent, excellent. So, Michelle, because this is Spiritpreneur School, who all is on your team? Tell us about the structure of your business because there, you have so many different aspects. You have the live events, you have the books, you have radio, you're a columnist. Um, and I think that one of the biggest challenges for me anyway um, coming up as a solopreneur is to learn how to delegate and have other people on your team. And I originally yes. met you through the wonderful Don Michelle, um, your party. Yes. yes, Don <laughs> Michelle Hardy. So, so we know that you have a publicist. Tell us who mm-hmm. all is part of the Michelle universe and what your decision was to, uh, to partner with these people in this way. 
Okay. Well, my my circle is very small. <laughs> I still do a lot of things on my own. I'm a uh, control freak, and I'm not afraid to say that. <laughs> I am a control freak. And until I can really understand and just get a better understanding of what needs to be done, I'd just rather do it myself because it, it's just less headache for me. It Spoken like crazy. a control freak. No, nope, we understand. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it sounds crazy, but for me, it, it works for now. Um, the things that I can't do, I do have other people to do. So for my social media, like I'm on social media all the time. However, when it comes to I do a Worth the Wait Wednesday um, online journal. And what it is, it's just a weekly journal, and it's just um, a little a little meme, and it just goes out every week, every Wednesday, and it's a thought, like you know, something to make you something positive. Think, yeah, it's like a self. It's a self discovery journal. Honestly, that's what it is. So each week for the next fifty two weeks, and it started on week one, we have you know a exercise for you to do. So each week we let out an exercise, and it's the worth the wait Wednesday exercise of the week. And so I have those, and on Mondays I have a Monday mantra, which is just, you know, my thing for the week. However I feel on Sunday, my epiphany for the week, whatever I woke up with, whatever was on my heart, I make it a mantra, and I send out a little meme, same thing, on Mondays. So because I have these two things that are always said, and on Fridays I have a word of the day, so it's just my personal joke. I'll take a regular word, and I'll make it something else in a sentence, <laughs> you know, and um it's just a little joke that I do. It's a personal joke, and I just feel like it's cute and it's funny, and I put these out um, every Friday. So I have something on a Monday, a Wednesday, and Friday on social media. And because these things are, you know, done and made up by my graphic designer, I have an intern who actually takes care of scheduling these for me. So that's one thing off my plate. <laughs> so I, I have an intern who takes care of my social media as far as answering splits, tweets and direct messages or Facebook, you know, the posts and everything like that, I take care of that. I'm I'm the person who's telling my train stories. <laughs> I'm the person who's talking about my day. You know, I'm the person who does all of that. But when it comes to these, you know, mentions of my shows or upcoming events or anything like that, my intern takes care of that. And oh. then I also have a graphic designer who designs all of my uh, fancy, as you might as well say. So she does my means for me. She does all of my um, promos for my shows. She does my logos. She does just about everything. And that's with iZiggy Promotions, and her name is LaShawn Wall. And I also have an editor that I work with exclusively, and his name is Jason M. Lee, and his company is Sweet Georgia Press, and he is the best thing ever. I have a question about uh, uh-huh. Sweet Georgia Press. I'm glad that you mentioned Jason and Sweet Georgia Press because that was my mm-hmm. next question. I was okay. going to say, you know, that I know that you are partnering together for something really mm-hmm. exciting to form Synopsis Synergy. Synopsis yeah. Synergy um, it helps authors to edit, to fine-tune their bios and their book mm-hmm. and their submission packages, et cetera. Tell us about that. So the Nazi Synergy, again, is just me and his brainchild. You know, a lot of people, we've been in a lot of different writing groups on social media, and everybody's always like, okay, well, here's my synopsis. You know, what do you think about it? And he and I look at each other and, like, mm-mm, we don't like it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's just not good. And I'm, I'm sorry, but it's just not good. So we said, listen, we've been helping so many people all the time, and we see that this is actually a service. So, you know, when you 
you see something that, or, you know, an experience needs to be filled, you fill it. So we did. And so we created this synopsis synergy to help authors, especially new authors or self-published authors or authors who just don't like to write the synopsis because, obviously, honestly, sometimes that's harder than writing a book, trying to sum it up in four paragraphs. It's yes. harder than writing the book, you know. So a lot of people don't want to do that. So we decided to listen. We'll do it for you. We have no problem, and it's something that we're very good at. So we decided to do that, and also submission packages. A lot of people aren't sure how to do with the query letters or, you know, the first chapters of their book. Sometimes it's not edited. So we offer a proofread of it, you know, to tell you if it's up to par, if it's up to standard. If it is edited and we find that it is edited, then we will do the proofread and go forward from there. But we also help with the submission package. And, you know, it's just everything that we can do to help a new author get their book out professionally. I think that this is so important. This is so great that you have this service because, you know, one of the great things about this era that we are all living in is that I remember when I was a kid, Michelle, my dad was a self-published author. And back mm-hmm. then it was a whole different universe that he went and he had like a lot of books. I don't know. It looked like hundreds of books printed. And then they were in the garage and the basement. They yes. were taking up every, and then you had to put them in his car and he had to drive them everywhere. Then my cousin put together the cover and it's like, you know, the yes. and then he had me, you know, as a kid, I don't remember how old mm-hmm. I was, but I was smart. I was good in English. He was like, okay, you're going to edit this book. And it's like, oh, you know, and I remember I felt so scared and so much pressure because I was like, oh, my gosh, if this book, you know, if something's like wrong, it's like they're going to blame my father, but they don't know it's like Definitely. his daughter. It's, it's so, you, yeah. Yes. And so many people just turn to their friend who they think, you know, okay, my friend is smart to edit my book. And I think mm-hmm. that's a real mistake, like, you know, having – professional services just because you're an indie producer author whatever doesn't mean that you shouldn't be as professional as you can and so i think that this is a really great company that you have thank you you're welcome you're welcome I feel the same way you know just because it's independent a lot of people don't take the effort to edit their book or to get a professional cover or to do a lot of things that's necessary to make it in this industry you know i actually made the same mistake i didn't get i went to a graphic designer who I thought was good, and I put the book out. But when I got with my publicist, Michelle, who's actually been in the business for a year, she was like, no, (laughs) no, no, and no. (laughs) I wound up doing all of my covers over. You know, you live and you learn, and you have people like Dawn who have been in the business, you know, who can mentor and tell you things and help you out. So, you know, you have to come with your best foot forward to be noticed and to be taken seriously. And honestly, if you give somebody a shoddy product, they're not coming back, you know, so you lose a customer. So you gain one sale, you know, when you could have had 10 because they became loyal customers because what you're giving them is something good or because you put out something shoddy that wasn't worth their money and now, you know, you're banned. And word of mouth is a killer in this industry. You know, one person tells another person your book's not good, everybody's going to start saying the same thing whether they read it or not. You know, so you want to just try to always put your best foot forward and be as professional as you can. Because, again, not personal, it's business. <laughs> yes, that's the theme of this conversation. And that it's not yes. just about that one book, but you're building a career. So you mm-hmm. want people to come back and come back and come back and be involved in all of the different parts of whatever you put out there. Definitely. So, so Michelle, you have a call that is coming in from Gainesville, Georgia. 
Okay. Uh, let's see what Gainesville has to say. Hello, Gainesville. You are on the line. Hello, hello, hello. Six seven eight area code. Hello. Hi there. Hi, this is Stephanie, and I had to get on another phone. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was wondering, um, what is the first thing that you do once you write a book? Because I've heard multiple things, such as getting it copywritten first. Um, I don't know, like. I was told you could go through Amazon and get it published. Like, what would you suggest if somebody wants to write, like a like a tutorial, like a manual or a self help type of book? Like, what would be the first step? Uh, hopefully, that's clear enough for you to understand. Like, as far now, as now to clarify your question, Stephanie, um, so that Michelle can better answer. You mean after the actual book is written that the person already has the book in their hand or what stage are they in their journey oh like at the very beginning stage like you wrote the book but um you're at the step where you pretty much edit it you know the grammar and the punctuation and you want to get it you know you want to protect your work what will be the steps to do next after you do that like after you fix the the wording in the book and all that uh, okay, so I'm gonna let go. Go ahead, Michelle. Take it away, um, and uh, Stephanie, and answer uh, Miss Stephanie's question there. All right. Well, Stephanie, I think you answered for yourself. Honestly, yes. you have to have your 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 book copywritten. You don't want anyone to say that this is theirs or anything like that. And honestly, you should copyright it prior to sending it out to the editor or to someone that you think is an editor because there are some shady editors out here who, you know, say that they're editors or whatever the case may be, and they actually, you know, can steal your work. So regardless of who you send it out out to, the moment that you finish that book before you start sending it out, copyright it. Once it's edited and it's finished, then you can go back and, re, you know, revise that original copyright. But I would say from the start, before you send it to anybody, before anyone else sets their eyes on it, copyright it first. Yes, and you can easily, the great thing is you can just go to the U.S. copyright um, website. And, online, yes. Yeah, just go online and just copyright it. It'll take a long time for it to get back to you, but you'll get a confirmation email. And mm -hmm. you can also do what's, while you're waiting for that, immediately do a poor man's copyright. That's um, right. My best friend. Yes. <laughs> Which is you mail it to yourself. You put it mm -hmm. in. You get a big envelope. Mail it to yourself, and don't open the the envelope because then, and if you ever have back. to go to court, then that's proof that it was written by that date, um, the postmark date. So when mm -hmm. it comes, yeah, ma you're mailing it to yourself, and when it comes back, don't open it. But you absolutely want to protect your work um, at every stage of the game. Because yes. people, people, unfortunately, and and for me, this hurts my heart as you know, a spiritual mm -hmm. coach and a teacher. That, but but everyone doesn't have your best interests at heart. You know that Definitely there are people. Not. I'm sure that if I did a search, that there are people copying what Michelle is doing from head to toe. I've had it happen to me on multiple occasions, and mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately you know, that that's the world that we live in. And so you want to protect your work. You put a lot of energy into it. And so you want to protect what you have. 
and just to piggyback, I'm sorry, one more thing, because what you just now said is like, you know, some people are copying, and they do. And like when I first came out with the concept of, you know, making my brand the big body brand, and I have, you know, plus size women in my book, and plus size men as well, I had a lot of people come to me and say, you know, well, Michelle, I was thinking about writing, you know, a plus size character into my book, and I was worried, you know, thinking about doing this with plus size, plus size, plus size. And, you know, how do you feel about that? And I feel like it's great. Do whatever you need to do, you know, because at the end of the day, mine is not just about writing characters in my book. This is me every day, all day. So this is my entire brand. So just because you put, you know, a plus-size woman into your book, it's still not on the level of what I'm doing with it because I'm, you know, somewhere else with it. I'm doing it on every You're, level, every single level, right. with radio, you know, with radio shows, with, columns, with blogs, with every single thing that I do, every single thing is based upon my big body brand. So same thing with you. You know, don't worry about copying just as long as you're doing it in your own voice, in your own way. But make sure, like she, like Aviola said, that you protect yourself on every single level. You have to. Right. And the great thing is that no one can beat you at being yourself. You know, that they can go out and, you know, maybe copy and put up a site that looks like Michelle's or looks like mine or try to whatever. But, you Mm -hmm. know, they're not going to have the same artistry because they they're coming from just a shallow place, whereas no one can no one can be a better Michelle than Michelle can be. So, Michelle, you have another call coming in from Maryland. Um, Hello, Maryland, 240 area code. You're on the line. Um, Hello. Hi, this is Alicia Cunningham. How are you? Hi there. Say your first name again. It's Alicia Cunningham. Can you hear me? Oh, hi there, Alicia. Alicia Alicia was going to be a part of our conversation today, and then she had a family emergency to run to. Yes, I did, but I'm glad to, um, to, I've been listening a little late, but I've been on listening. So um, I do have a question. Uh, Mine is, uh, I'm working on a, my second book right now and a documentary and I wanted to know how do you go about copywriting the uh I guess like a so a documentary would it be like the same process with the book I'm kind of yeah clueless about that it definitely is because you still would have to like with the documentary um there is some type of uh manuscript course am I correct or are you just mm. off the top of your head I'm just off the top of my head Okay, so if <laughs> if you have ideas, you know, you can always write a treatment for it. And this is what most people do when it comes to movies. Even though it may not be the full script of what the documentary is going to be about, you can write a treatment. And a treatment basically is a summary of what this documentary is going to be about, who it's going to star or what the characters are, who the characters are, you know, what stories are going to be told what the documentary is all about, and you can copyright that treatment. So when it comes time to make the film, you know, and you make the documentary, you're protected. Oh, okay. And so, Alicia, since you're on the line, just tell everyone really briefly about your project, your photography, your current project that you're doing. Yes, and sorry again, I couldn't make it. Um, But um, so I am a photographer, and I do quite a few. Well, I work on social change projects. Um, So the current project I'm working on right now is a photography book, um, which is my second one, and a documentary, and it's titled I Am More Than My Hair, Bald and Beautiful Me. And this one focuses on just the beauty of bald girls and women, and it tells their stories for those who've who've lost their hair uh, 
due to um, medical, for medical reasons or autoimmune mm-hmm. disorders. And um, so, of course, the book would be the, they're both the visual, but the, the book would be like a hardcover and then the um, the documentary would be where you can actually, you know, just hear their stories and, um, and their experiences. And um, and that's, so that's the, what I'm working on right now. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you for calling in, Alicia. So, Michelle, I'm going to turn the tables back over to you and ask you, what advice would you give somebody who was starting from scratch today? Like with everything that you have done, you have built this incredible empire that I know is going to continue to prosper on many different levels. If you were starting from scratch, what would you have done differently? Like what do you say, oh, my gosh, I went the long way with that? (laughs) What would you do differently? Um, for myself, I think, I, I don't think I'd do anything differently except for I wouldn't stop. I've started this writing. I've been writing since, since I was two years old, you might know. <laughs> you know, nothing was published back then, but yeah, I've been doodling since I was like two years old. I've always been in the books and always been writing. But I had started um, with the screenplays, like I told you, and this happened a good 15, 20 years ago. Um, when the screenplay was first optioned. And for some reason, I just fell out of love with it. I think it was someone who just stole my joy from it. He just made me feel inadequate. He made me feel like as if it wasn't good enough. I don't know what it was, but I just, you know, every time I go to sit to write, it's like he's looking at me sideways, like, what are you doing that for? It's a waste of time, you know. So it took a little bit of my joy away, and I just, you know, was like, okay. So I started getting embarrassed to write, and I just felt, you know, awkward writing, and so I stopped. And I feel like if I didn't stop back then, I'd have been roads ahead of where I am right now. And so this time around, I just know that no matter what happens, who comes into my life, whatever, you know, I will never stop again. I'm on this. I'm in this to win it. And, you know, my fire has been rekindled. (laughs) So my advice to anybody is don't let anyone steal your dream. You know, if you think that you can do it and you know that you can do it, then do it. Don't let anyone, you know, make you feel less than or feel like, if, you know, you can't be committed. You know, some people are just, I hate the word haters, but haters, you know. <laughs> they just don't want to see anyone do anything because they're not doing anything, you know. So you have to just come above all of that. Don't listen to naysayers. Be your own hero, <laughs> my motto, be your own hero, and just do it. Don't let anyone stop you no matter what it is you're trying to do. If it's your dream, live it to the fullest. Excellent. Now, Michelle, I, like you, have been a writer my entire life. It's what I do. It's how I think. It's how I process my thoughts. It's mm-hmm. what keeps me, you know, keeps me together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, and so let me ask you a question because here's something that, you know, I hear a lot from writers that, you know, we, we've both been able to figure out how to take our passion for writing and build a life and a business and a lifestyle brand around it. If someone is Mm -hmm. listening and she says, you know, Michelle, I am a writer and I'm only, I'm passionate about writing, but I don't want to be a business person or they're scared of the business. A lot of people feel like, well, I'm scared of the business aspect of it. Do you feel like it's possible today for people to be a writer and not be a business person? Um, If you're not looking to publish. So Mm -hmm. if you're a blogger, and you all you want to do, do is fun. blog all day long, <laughs> hell yeah. Go ahead. You know, you don't have to be scared because that's all your thoughts, how you feel. Nobody's in it, you know, to 
there's no nobody in it to you know hurt your feelings or rejection or anything like that. That's your personal thoughts, you know, writing on screen, and people can see it and they can come and they can enjoy it. So if you're not looking to publish, which means you know like other people are going to scrutinize it, it does become a business. It does bottom line become dollars and cents. You know, stay away from it. But you can you know do it without all the uh, the craziness that's involved in the publishing industry. Okay, so in other words, if you want it to be a hobby, mm-hmm. <laughs> let, it be a hobby. let it be a hobby. But if you want it to be a business, then you're going to need to be a business person to make that's right. Yes, you're going to need to figure out what being an authorpreneur like mm-hmm. means to you. So, Michelle, okay. as we close, that there is so much that you have going on. I know that you've got the 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 Q body spot, you know, the Q mm-hmm. spot show, they, there's so much happening. How do people find you if they want to get more Michelle and be more involved and, and read your books and all the good stuff? Tell, <laughs> tell us everything. Tell us how to participate. Okay. Well, the easiest way, because I do have so many different things, but the easiest way to find me is michellecatino.com, which is M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, and then C-U-T-T-I-N-O, and it's Michelle with two L's. Again, michellecatino.com. Or you can go to my business website, which is bigbodypublishing.com. And everything is Michelle Catino. So Facebook, Michelle, you know, backslash Michelle Catino. Twitter, at Michelle Catino. Um, Instagram, it's under the publishing company, so it's Big Body Pub, which is T-U-B. And I'm on Goodreads, Michelle Catino, Google Plus, Michelle Catino. <laughs> no, I keep it simple. But if you want to find all my links, if you go to my michellecatino.com webpage, every single link to every single thing that I do, including the radio shows, including the columns, every single thing is on that link. So that's very cool. Very cool. And the great thing is also if people who, you know, uh, like um, the woman who called in, who a couple of people were needing treatments and synopses and that kind of thing, you know, I would say even proposals that Michelle's company, you should definitely look at maybe making that investment and having them assist you yes. with that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you should. <laughs> yes, you should. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the great thing, I think we had a couple of themes come out of this. First of all, Michelle, you have the best laugh in the business. I have to tell oh, you that. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> you have a great laugh and such positive energy. And thank you for reiterating to us uh, several times that, you know, be your own hero, I heard Mm -hmm. in the mantra, and also just a reminder that this is not personal, that things are not personal, that there is this wonderful book, The Four Agreements, and one of the agreements is don't take anything personally, which always is the hardest one for me because everything feels so personal when it's your work and when it's your baby, but it's not. It really isn't personal. Mm -hmm. And so any parting words that you want to leave us with, Michelle? Um, same thing. Just, you know, love who you are. Don't let anyone tell you who you are. Show them who you are. And just be yourself and be your authentic self. Don't ever feel like you have to pretend to be something that you're not to please someone. Because when that facade comes down, you know, the real you is going to come out anyway. So always be you. Always be the authentic you. And be the best you that you can be. Because nobody can be a better you than you. 
Excellent. We love it. We love it. Well, this has been Spiritpreneur School. We've been in the big body universe today, and it has been (laughs) a fun ride. So thank you so much, Michelle. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. You can find us at spiritpreneur.net. I'm at sacredbombshell.com. And you can subscribe on iTunes. And we will keep the positive energy flowing. So thank you so much for listening.